0: came in this morning like some of us come in because it's just something you do on Sunday I'm just going to go to church Um, but some of you may have come this morning expecting something and you need to hear from God and as I said in the early service and then just now to sing praises to God it's like I can it's like I can go through my week after praising him and some of us we're so tuned out we're not even paying attention we're not singing right thinking about the words but some of us in here are singing i wrote some of these words down open up my eyes and wonder we just sang that in the song before open up my eyes and wonder god that i might see you new and fresh in my life some of us in here have experienced that maybe many of us have experienced that you've seen him and you've wondered wow this is the god i'm serving this is the god who lives within me but some of us potentially come in here and your eyes have never been opened to him. And so to sing that to you, it's foreign. Open up my eyes and wonder, to wonder about God? What is that about? Well, this morning, I'm telling you, if you came in here like that, he's here. You hear that? He's here. Through his spirit, he's here. And he's pursuing you. He's pursuing each one of us. And some of us, when we sing that, man, Oh, man, I, I feel like not in an arrogant way. Like my eyes have been opened some to the wonder of who he is and what he's done in my life. But when I sing that, it's like, oh, I've seen a little bit, but not nearly enough. And so God opened my eyes and wonder for who you are and to sing praises to him. Oh, there are other ones that I could go on. But you give hope. You restore. Man, God's given me hope. Is he giving you hope? Has He restored your life. Restored relationships. He is the author of all those things. And this morning, no matter how you came in here, if it's just like it's just another Sunday in January, it's just what we do. We go to church and you walk in and you're not expecting anything. Well, I'm telling you this morning, he's here and he wants to move in your life. Not because of what I say, not because of what they lead us in, but he's come to meet you here. And my prayer this morning as we look at the Lord's prayer that we'll see that we have a father if you know him and you walk with him in a relationship, man, he he will open your eyes and wonder. And I'm telling you, not from someone who's got it all together, because I certainly don't, but from from someone who's had a taste of his goodness, and he's moved in my life. A lot of you can say the same thing. He's good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This morning, uh, if you don't know him, And I want you to say, like Jesus would lay out for us, that you would look to him and say, he's not just God. He's my father. He's our father. So this morning, I'm praying. I prayed before, and I'm praying now. Even as I'm speaking, God, let us hone in on your word. Let us focus in on what you're saying. And even though there's a bunch of people in here, God's got something to say to you. He's got something to say to me this morning. Not because I've got great words, but because of his his word. So let's pray. Lord, we are grateful, God, for what we just sang. And some of us, God, maybe we didn't really clue into what was going on. We're singing to the King of Kings. Many of us did probably clue into that. We're excited about seeing you, and it makes a difference in our lives. I pray, God, though, this morning for some, maybe just a few who walk in, and maybe they don't know you. They've never experienced Jesus. They've never experienced what it is to walk in a real relationship with you. I pray, God, through a simple text, a couple of verses in Scripture, God, that you would speak to their heart in such a way that they can't walk out of here without saying, I want to know this Father, and I want Him in my life. I want to, my eyes to be opened up in wonder of who He is. He's the one who gives hope and the one who restores. And I want to experience that in my life. So God, do that this morning, not because of me, because of how great any of us are, because we're not. Ryan often says we're train wrecks. That's an understatement. We are. But God, we're here this morning, and you, you, you turn something beautiful. Uh, uh, you turn uh, messes into something beautiful, and we're grateful for that, God. So speak to us through your word, and God, um, I pray that we all would just examine our own lives, examine who you are, and God, that you would just stir our hearts and our affections to know you in a deeper way. Lord, we love you. Praise you in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. You can be seated. My name's Kent. If I don't know you, I know a bunch of you. But if you don't know me, I'm Kent. I'm one of the elders here, and it's a privilege for me to get to share this morning. A lot of the guys went skiing this past week in Colorado. I didn't get that privilege, but man, um, I mean, it's been beautiful, except for that crazy wind. It's another beautiful day, it looks like. And um, just glad to have you. If you're a guest with us, man, we're so excited that uh, you're here. And um, appreciate you coming and uh, spending your Sunday morning with us. Hey, if you got your Bible... We make a practice here in our church. We don't really do a lot of topical messages. We do scripture verse by verse, expository teaching. And so we've been making our way through Matthew's, Matthew chapter 5 through 7 for a while now. We're in chapter 6. And we've already covered verses 5 through, I don't know, whatever it is. But we're going to go back. We already read it. Leanne read it. But I want to hit that again. And then we're going to focus on verses 9 and 10. So last week, so if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn there, okay? Your bio, or your, uh, the Bible app on your phone. You're okay to open up that phone But don't you be looking at a bunch of other stuff You focus on the Bible, okay <laughs> Last week, I uh, un- I don't know if it's unfortunately I am alive, I had a birthday And um, you know, I said this before My advanced age, it just doesn't get Who gets excited when you get As old as I am And it's-, it's something to celebrate You live another, you know, I'm not dead Which would actually be better Because if you go to heaven, no one would ever come back They had a chance, we all heard that, right so i'm thankful to be alive but my wife said we're going to do something and we had a salt grass um, gift card which we would never go there unless it was free and uh (laughs) because it's too expensive and uh but we had a gift card it covered part of it but then uh it was still stupid expensive it's just ridiculous but it was good although i split a plate with my son because it was just gonna be too expensive and i was still hungry when i left what's up with that Spend all that money. and I'm still hungry when I leave. Like, can we stop by somewhere and maybe Water burger and get something? And um, so, but at the table, you know, we're eating and they got me a present. My wife did. And she got it off of Groupon. Praise God for Groupon. If you don't know about Groupon, you got to check it out. She said, before I opened it, she said, uh, this is an experience. You would never do it for yourself. And it's an experience just for you. And we're going to watch you today. In fact, it's at 2 o'clock. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, no! What did she get me into?" And uh, I didn't have any choice because whatever it is, she got it for me. I gotta, I gotta go do it, right? And so she opened it up, and it was a little piece of paper it had Groupon on the top. Oh, that's good. I like that. Let's see what this is. And it was uh, an experience at iFly Indoor Skydiving. Has anybody ever done this? A few of you have. Okay. And so at first I was like, "Oh yay!" Great. Not really. I didn't feel like that at all, actually. I don't know if I even said that to you, but I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I'm going to do this. But I got no choice. I got to do it. So we head over there, walk in. They've got this big wind tunnel. Like it's, They say it's like a hurricane, two or three, category two or three hurricane. And there's people in there, and they're moving around. And uh, it made me a little bit nervous, honestly, to see that. And then they take us into the room and uh, separate us from our family. Everybody's kind of watching. We take us into the room to get... We get all our stuff, our gear, and they put on this training video. But the guy says, now we're going to show you a video. You need to, you need to follow the pattern of what we're showing you how to do this. Because it's, it's easy, but you just need to follow the pattern. So just watch the video. So we watch the video, and it's like, okay, that's not that big a deal. He comes back up, and he goes, okay, it's just a simple pattern, isn't it? You just follow, it's just a guide what you need to do. And there's only four rules. And he said, when we get inside the hurricane, you you can't hear each other. You can't yell at me, you can't talk, so we just use hand signals, and there's four of them. One of them is, this means just keep your head up, simple enough. Two, keep your legs straight, and then three, you need a, to bend your, bend, your, bend your knees if I do this. So right there, keep your legs straight, like this, bend your legs. And then four, the fourth one is, you're just going to hang loose, just relax and have fun. You're doing good at that point. Okay, great. But you follow the pattern. Follow the pattern. If you follow the pattern, that's the basics of all of it. You'll be able to go crazy in there if you want to. Like, all right. So we get out there and you get in this little area. We line up and the first guy goes in and he's like seven foot tall. He's tall and lanky. Not anything like me. This thing was made for shorter people, I think. Because he gets in there and it's like, it's it's hilarious because he's just flying all over the place. And he can't, he can't get, you know, situated right. And the guy's struggling to get him up. And anyway, um, just legs and arms going everywhere. And then the next lady gets up, and she has her face mask on still. And they say, put it under your helmet. She gets it on. She gets right in the tunnel, and immediately that thing goes whoop <laughs> over, over her eyes. The whole time she was in there, and she's trying to give up, woman. It ain't happening. It's 120 miles an hour wind blowing in your face. You're not going to pull that down. She just, so she's flying blind the whole time. So I had my face mask on as I was waiting. And immediately when I saw that, I'm like, i taking that stupid thing off. I'll, I'll get COVID. I'm not flying in there looking like a fool. <laughs> so then he calls me. He says, you big boy, come on. And so I get in there and I'm a little bit nervous. And then you kind of fall in. And when you fall in, you just forget everything. Everything, the four things, you're like, I don't know. Follow the pattern. What's the who cares about the pattern? I got a hundred and something mile an hour wind blowing at me I can't hear a thing. So we get laid out there pretty pretty good. And I'm I'm hovering, I think I'm doing good, smiling. This is fun. And he goes like this. He's holding me up, and he's going like that, which means put your legs out. And I'm like, my legs are straight. I'm doing good. The wind's blowing so hard though my legs are going, woo, just flying, you know, like that. But he keeps doing this. I'm like, dude, my legs are straight. What is your problem? Let me fly. <laughs> and by that point, it was over. Like, he pulled me back. And we went inside. And He's like, good job. You just got to keep your legs straight. I'm like, I got it. So, a few more people go through. And then they call me back. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nail it this time. I'm going to show them. So, I get out there. And sure enough, it got easier. And my legs were a little bit straighter than they were. And by that point, I was like moving around. Just the well, way you position your body, you can go all over the place. And... At the end of it man It was like They told me Like Some people They're just A natural at this thing And you're one of them So I got a video To show you Of my experience Let's take a look What are y'all laughing at I'm good That's my favorite move I learned that Real quick I'm pretty much a natural, don't you think? (laughs) It was all within an hour. I love that trick. Yeah. And they tell me to get out, so I got to go flying out the door here. So they just had signaled me at this point, said you got to go out, so I just went out. (laughs) Am I a natural or am I a natural? Obviously, that wasn't me. you know when I saw that, though, I thought, I was in the wind tunnel. I was in an hurricane with a devil. And I thought, he's a demon or something. That's some kind of hoodoo hoodoo going on with that guy flying around in there. That's crazy, isn't it? But he told me, like, after all that, he's like, it's just the simple pattern you follow. It all starts with you following very basic things to just be able to do that. And he said, within no time, you actually can learn how to do all kinds of things, but you follow the simple pattern. A very simple pattern that kids in there could follow as well as people of advanced age like myself can follow. It's just a simple, a simple pattern. So let me ask you this. When you think about our spiritual lives and when you think about the time maybe for, for those of who came to know Christ, I came to know Christ at a very young age. I was, I was a child, six years old. And I believe he really came to my life at six years old. And I remember man, I was born on a I was born during the week, and on the next Sunday, I was in church. Literally, all my life, I'd been in church. So, I heard and saw prayers. We had a pastor in my church that uh, he was known for, he would pray for, I mean, a long time. One time, we timed him eight minutes. He prayed eight minutes in prayer. Like, whoa. And so, I watched this growing up. But who who teaches you how to pray? Honestly, when I was a kid, do I model after what my mom does? Because She has a certain way she does it, and my dad... Do I do it after the pastor who can pray for eight minutes at a time? He could just keep going, but he finally just got tired and stopped? He could just keep praying. Should I model my prayers after that? And maybe maybe you've experienced this before. I bet you have. Oftentimes when we first begin praying and vocalizing our prayer out loud, and maybe not just praying internally or in, and, you know, just talking to God on our own, it seems very awkward and it seems Disjointed. It feels weird. It feels like, am I talking to anyone, or are these? Am I just no one's hearing me? This is kind of weird, kind of thing. What's going on here? I'm talking. This. Who am I talking to? have You ever felt like that? Like sometimes you're praying, like these thoughts are just bouncing around in my head, and I'm. Is he even hearing me? And there have been times in my life where, you know, just it's felt awkward. Even at, at my age, and after all these years of praying. It has felt weird. But let me, let me tell you this. It's just the fact that you pray. It's that you actually step out and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Although it may not be eloquent. It may not be the most beautiful prayer that people would say, well, that's a beautiful prayer. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. It might be, man, that was kind of weird the way you prayed. I mean, you know, something like that. But it's just the fact that you pray. But you know this? I looked it up this week. The Barna did a survey for a ton of people of people who identified as a believer. They, they said that they're a Christian. They, they say, I have followed Jesus and uh, He's coming into my life. And they said, how many times or how much time do you spend praying every day? This, I don't know if it, it is surprising, and in some ways it's not. The average number of minutes that they said in the survey that Christians pray on a daily basis is one minute. One minute of prayer. Now look, you know, success or whatever you want to call it in prayer is not the, the amount of minutes you spend in prayer. It's, it's always about your heart. But if we're calling Jesus and saying, You're my Lord. I've given my life to you. I'm following you in, in, in everything. All my finances, my resources, my time, my family, my career, everything is to make you known and to make much of you Jesus. And the average that we spend is one minute in prayer. Something doesn't add up there, does it? I mean, it doesn't align with saying, My life is yours, Jesus. My life is all yours. If all we do is spend one minute in prayer. And I don't know where you are in that. But Jesus says in this passage, if you look back, we've already covered this in past weeks. But he says in verse 5, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues at the street corners. That they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you. They've received a reward. Do you hear the very first part of that verse? But when you pray. When you pray. Verse 8. Or verse uh, 6. I can't see. Whatever verse that is. But when you pray. But when you pray. Go into your room. And shut the door. And pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees you in secret. Will reward you. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words, for their eloquent words, because they repeat something in repetition over and over and over again. You know what a lot of people do? I've heard this even recently from tons of people through the years and people get in a crisis or whatever situation. They just start repeating the Lord's Prayer just over and over again. And Jesus, even right before he gives us the Lord's Prayer... He's saying, it's not about repetition. It's not about that. But when you pray, when you pray, don't do this. And then he says in verse 8, don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So it's when you pray. It's not not if you pray. It's when you pray. Now, I'm going to say something that is going to be, some of you might go, he's a heathen. He's speaking heresy. Kick him out of the church when I say this. Okay? So this can be a shocking statement maybe for some of you. The Lord's Prayer here that Jesus is giving us, he didn't even pray it. Don't, nobody's saying, get him out of here, he's a heretic. He didn't even pray it. He gives it as a pattern for us to follow. And how do we know this? The parallel passages in Luke chapter 11. If you look there, the very first few verses, it's the same exact thing. He gives us a pattern. But he says in there, forgive us our debts. And in the Luke passage, forgive us our sins. Well, let me ask you this. Has Jesus ever sinned? Did he ever sin? He didn't ever sin. In fact, he took your sin, if you're a believer and know him, he took your sin upon himself. But he himself never committed any sin. God the Father desire holy and righteous without sin desires a relationship with each one of us doesn't he he wants that relationship but something cuts that off says well you got that no can do we can't have a relationship with you and you could not ever fix it on your own and so jesus stepped forward on his own god said i'm gonna send my own son to take care of the problem you couldn't fix so jesus steps forward and he says i'm gonna take your sin I'm going to take your sin. If you, if you ask me, I'm going to take your sin upon me. I'm a holy, righteous, blameless. I'm the spotless lamb of God. Take it on myself. And then you're going to take my righteousness. So I'm going to put it right on top of me. And now I can have a relationship with God. So Jesus never sinned, did he? But he took upon our sin. And so when Jesus gives us this prayer, is the pattern for prayer. It, not that it should be called this, but you could say that this is not necessarily the Lord's prayer. It's the Lord's pattern for of prayer. So it's a shocking statement. He didn't pray it. Well, he didn't pray it. He didn't. And I would also say this: it's quite shocking. There's no power in that prayer itself. Whoa. Kick him out. What is he saying? There's no power because it's just words. Where's the power found? The power is in him. It's not in your words. And I would go back to this. His pattern of prayer is not about your eloquence or ritualistic, just saying, babbling, the same thing over and over again. It is all about your heart. That when you pray, you come before Him. He's going to give us the pattern of how do we come before Him? What's our posture before Him as we pray? There's a certain way of coming about it. And Jesus is like, do you want to know how to do this? I mean, the disciples in, in the Luke passage say, one of the disciples came to Him and said, Hey, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? We're trying to figure this whole thing out. And you're the pro. What do we do? And Jesus, you know, it's music to his ears. Like, absolutely. I'm going to show you how to pray. This is the pattern. It's all about your heart. It's the meditations of your heart. It's what's on your heart. It's not about eloquence. Look, i prayed a bunch. Ryan, when he gets up, some powerful prayers. And, and sometimes I'll pray and somebody will say, man, I really, I, I love that prayer you prayed or something. Has nothing to do with us. Has nothing to do with really our words. It's our heart that we're showing before God. You know, there are times in my life where uh, maybe you've been here. I bet you have, if you've been a believer, if you've not had this experience, just wait a little bit of time and life will throw it something at you where you don't even know what to do. And I could take so long this morning telling you prayers at the time that I've come before Him and I've just flat out said to Him, I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know, God. Now, here's my heart. You know what's on my heart. You know it before I even say it. So, God, here I am. It's a time, many times I could share, but I was, our, our oldest son, Brooks, he's almost 16 now. But when he was 23 months old and he couldn't talk, he just wouldn't bend over. He wouldn't play. All of a sudden, it started happening over about a week's time. We didn't know what was wrong. And Our pediatrician finally said on a Friday afternoon, take him to the E.R., so like, reluctantly, the ER is going to be crazy expensive. I don't know if I want to do this. Is it really needed to do this? And he's like, take him to the ER. So we took him up to McKinney. We're there at 3 o'clock. I mean, at 9 o'clock, I thought, we're going to be going home surely in a little bit. We have nothing figured out. We've done a CT scan. We tried to put this contrast down him, and he just threw it up. And it was a disaster. It was a nightmare. And so there was an on-call, on-call pediatrician that was there. He so said, we don't know what's going on. And I'm not comfortable in sending him home. And he needs to be in a place that is equipped for children. So we're going to send him to Medical City Children's. I'm like, what? What is going on? Let me tell you this also. All of us have probably have idols in our lives that we struggle with putting above God. That moment and that time and that night was a clear representation of the idol of my children being in front of him. Then I thought, I remember... Talking to my, a friend of mine, saying, I can't lose him. I can't lose him. I don't know if I can keep on living. How ridiculous is that statement? That I wouldn't trust God in this whole situation. But that's the way I felt in that moment. And so I find myself, Tammy goes to get closer. So we're going to be going to Medical City. And I find myself in the front of the ambulance with the guy I never spoke to. And I remember vividly driving down 75 toward Dallas in that. And just saying, God, I don't even know what to say. It was a difficult moment and the time I look back and go, I didn't even know what to say. And yet the, the word will say, the Holy Spirit was speaking on my behalf. He's praying for me in those moments. And I remember getting down there and him going into surgery, looking on the screen. And it said, he's now in surgery. And we gather. And I see, you know, I've been to Medical City. I've got that big atrium in that one part of the building and balconies. And you know, just sitting over one. I remember leaning over the balcony, looking out as he's in surgery. And just saying, God, he's in your hands. I don't even know what to pray. I don't know what to pray. And in those moments, my speech was not eloquent. There were no words to be eloquent. There were nothing there except raw emotion was going, God, this idol I have in front of you, please save him. I don't know what to pray. And yeah, I'll tell you this, just like he's done with so many of you. He met me right there in that ambulance. He met me right there in that atrium. Thank God he saved his life. He was a ruptured appendix. And he stayed in the hospital for eight days. But it was during those moments that really revealed a lot about me and revealed a lot about him. That despite my flaws in my own life as a dad and as the earthly father for this boy, there was a lot of sin that was represented right there. And yet God was patient with me. And he met me in those times of saying, God, I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know what to pray. But here is my heart. And so when Jesus gives us the pattern of prayer in the Lord's prayer, in the Lord's pattern of prayer... He lines out exactly what He wants for us. And as a follower of, of Christ, look, I mean, look, as a follower of Christ, we want to obey Him, right? I mean, that's correct? Or am I crazy? If we're followers of Jesus, we want to follow Him. And we want to we want to pray as He does. The problem is, most of us don't even spend time in prayer. That's, the, that's, the, that's just true. It's not... I'm one of them. I don't spend near enough. I've always struggled in prayer. I don't struggle in Bible reading. Read through the Bible many times. Don't have a problem reading every day. It's that focused time of saying, "I'm talking to the God of the universe, and I'm praying, uh, and I'm praying to Him, and He hears me." Martin Luther said this: "To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing." Martin Lloyd Jones, he said, "This prayer is beyond any question. It's the highest activity of the human soul. Man is at his greatest and his highest when, upon his knees, he comes face to face with God." Now, you get your mind wrapped around this. Sometimes, um, I don't know that we we. I I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I flip, flippantly just come before God and like I gloss over the fact that I'm I'm talking to. It's the God of the universe I'm talking to. And he lives within me and he's hearing me. And so, sometimes we come in that way. But here's the thing. We ought to, regardless of the fact, whether we realize that or not, Jesus says, when you pray, when you pray, and when you pray, he already knows what you need. But when you pray, it's the fact of, I'm going to show you, Jesus said, I'm going to show you the fact of when you pray, here's how you do it. Like me going in that, in that, Indoor sky, I have a clue how to do it. They gave me a pattern. Some of them say, man, I don't even know how to pray. don't know how to do it. Fortunately, we have his word. It says, Jesus is like, you guys want to know how to pray? It's real simple. Here's Here's a few words. This Lord's Prayer is 60 words in Greek, 67 in Greek. Let me get that right. Look at my notes. 60 words in Greek, 67 in English. And it tells us all that we need to know about prayer. One theologian put it like this. He says, No part of Scripture is so full and so simple at the same time. I like it like I like I read this too. Is that it's so simple a a child can get it. Right? I mean, I got little, I got my Brindley's my daughter, she's 10, she can get this. A child can understand this. But yet it's so complex that books by theologians are written on this. Commentaries that you can read on. I read so much about this. This week, And we're only covering two two verses in this. Because it's so complex. It's like God. I mean, it's so simple that a child can come to know Him. And understand, I did as a six-year-old to come to know Him. I have sin in my life. There's someone who would take my sin because He's perfect. And now I can have a relationship with God Almighty because He would take my sin. So simple, right? But yet so complex. And so at six years old, I prayed that. But the older I've gotten, now all these years... And it's like you're just scratching the surface the more you come to know him. And the more you want him. It's like, God, that's something new about him. This past week, even in, reading, in studying for this, I've read the Lord's Prayer. I've said the Lord's Prayer so many times in my life. And yet, there were many things in these two verses that I had just run on by and never even thought about. But Jesus, words are important, and he chose him very specifically in this passage. And they apply to us. And so this morning, maybe God might speak to your heart through just these couple verses. Let's go. The first thing we read there is look there. We got it up on the screen. Are you on your Bible? What's the first two words? Say it out Our Father. I just run on by it. Our Father in heaven. Just run on by it. But if you stop and think about this, Jesus chose them these two words very, very specifically Our Father. And not everybody really can call him our father. Just those who know us. It's very, it's an exclusive club for us. Um, I hate to say club. It's an exclusive family, I should say that, for us as believers that we call him our father. God's known by a bunch of names, but we call him our father. You know, my name to all of you, except for a few over here, is Kent. But there are three humans on planet Earth, three earthlings, that call me a specific name. And it's either dad or daddy. I don't ever hear father. I kind of like to hear that though sometimes. That'd be allowed. But it's dad by my two boys. Or Brindley is my, is calls me daddy. And I expect she's going to have to call me that. It's going to be a requirement. The rest of her life, daddy. Girls should call their dads daddy. Right? Am I wrong? Any other dads feel that way? That's the way I feel. Um, you can be wrong. It's okay. Um, girls should call their dads daddy. And there's nobody else that has that right to call me. I got a few friends who will say, "Hey, Daddy O" or something like that. I'm like, no, I'm not your daddy. Don't call me dad. Don't you call me daddy either. I got three kids who call me dad or daddy. That's it. And they have an exclusive right to me. And they get great privileges because I'm their dad. They don't think it a lot. Sometimes they think, "Hey, no privileges at all in this family." I'm like, "You got some privileges. You're living under a roof, and you get some, you get some food every day. And You act like you just, you know." I'm just kidding. But there are very much some, uh, some privileges to being my son, or uh, for them to be my son or my, my daughter. In the same way with God, when Jesus says this, he says it very specifically. He says, Our father. Our father. Talking about all of us. Our father. It's our father, it's our dad. That we have that relationship. Again, we come into church sometimes and we just come in, and I've done it too, so I'm not, I'm, I'm going to ride along with the rest of us. I come in because it's what we do on Sunday, and I gloss over some of the words that we sing about the hope and that He gives hope, that He restores. And I just, I sing it because it's what we're doing, but it doesn't even connect in my brain. And so sometimes when I go and I pray and I'm saying, Our Father, I miss the whole point of what Jesus is saying here. There is, There is a lot of um, privileges that come with the truth that we have a father. And let me tell you this. There's no sibling rivalry here. Like, Shane, if you and I, if you're walking with Jesus, Shane, I don't go, well, man, Shane, Jesus, you give a lot of yourself to him. What's up with How about you come to me a little bit? I don't ever feel like that. If one of you, Shane, you're walking with Christ. When I see Shane walking with Christ, I'm like, man, that, that makes me want to, I want to know him in a deep way, too. Here's the deal. God gives you all that you want. He gives you of Himself all that, all that you want. The problem is, most of us don't want very much. We just don't. So we just relax and go, Our Father, it's good. But the, the deal is, this is an exclusive relationship for those who are His children. It, it's like a, that stupid show on TV, The Bachelor. Those 30 girls go on there, and they all, what are they thinking? They think, Oh, I love Him. And then when they see somebody else who makes this connection with them and they're in love after one date and they're going to get married and they get jealous of each other. It's like, Are you fool, this is not exclusive yet. Nothing's exclusive here until the end. Guys, the relationship that we have with God is not exclusive for us. But there's no jealousy here. It's a, man, I serve a God who is our father. He's my dad. It's an amazing thought. That we have a father. And not everyone can say this about him. They call him creator. They call him, um, you know, the maker of the universe, the holy one, whatever. But our father is reserved for those of us who have come in contact with Jesus and we know him. And he's changed our life. He communicates belonging, ownership, that you're his and I'm his. And I look at you and go, man, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We say that a lot, but we don't even think about it. It's like, Literally. That's, we have a dad, all of us. We serve him, the God of the universe. And you know this? There are people all over this planet right now. You don't even know them. You've got brothers and sisters. You've got a brother in another land. You know that? Yeah, you've got a brothers and sisters all over the world. I sat in a rickshaw in India right before the pandemic hit. And when we take a team there, we're among an unreached people group all together. And people there... They don't have a clue who Jesus is. And we have to go under the guise of we're doing a tour. So we spend two days in New Delhi. And um, we have a tour guide. And the guy has studied all the religions. And so I'm in a rickshaw. And I'm not kidding you. I'm claustrophobic. There are people surrounding us on the street. I mean, you just reach out. and There's hundreds of people around us. In the middle. And there's honking horns. And I remember talking to him. And I said, "How many people uh, do they, how many people would know who Jesus is here? And I remember specifically him just looking at me and goes, Ha! They don't even know his name! They don't know his name! And yet we have people right there right now, believers among that unreached people that are sharing the gospel with people who've never heard his name. And Paul says in Romans that we're actually in debt to them to go and share the gospel with them. To make more brothers and sisters under our father's family. It's an amazing thing that we have a father who is a father to generations way before us and people all around this around the planet right now who are brothers and sisters in Christ and so when we come to prayer Jesus is like I'm going to give you the pattern of prayer you need to know right off the bat that it's not my father it's our father this is an exclusive relationship for us in the family of God it says man we're serving we're serving the God the father he's not a distant god but he's a father that knows us and knows us personally. So Jesus lays it out there for us. The pattern for us is, get your posture right. Know who you're praying to. It's not just my father. Man, I got siblings, my sons, and no Christ. They're also, their daddy is the same dad I have. It's our father. And he's a provider, he's a protector, he's a, he does everything. And it communicates to us intimacy. When he says our father, there's intimacy. And there's access. My kids can come to me. You come to me and ask me for something. They have no problem doing it. But you come to me and ask me. I may or may not do it. But most of the time with my kids, if I can do it and it's good for them and it's the best for them, then I provide for them. One thing about our father as well is, as an as earthly father is I, I try to do what's best for them. That's true most of the time. I would say most of the time I try and do what's best for them. But we serve a God Who does it all the time. All the time. All the time he does what's best for us. Even when we don't understand. We have to trust him and know that our father, our father, has our best intentions in mind and his glory most of all above that. So the next phrase in that is our father where? On earth? What does it say? In heaven. What does that communicate to you? Just think about that. Our father in heaven. It's our Father is perfection. He is perfection. I already alluded to this. we think about God the Father, when I let my kids down, and I do often, I try not to do it, but there are times in my life when I let them down, um, even though I don't want to ever do that, it's just part of being a human being and as a dad, all of us as dads, we let our kids down. I don't care where you came from what your childhood was like. It doesn't matter. In this case, some of us had a great father and you could not have had a better father. Some of y'all know my story. My dad died when I was two and then when I was um, three, my mom remarried and that that man, I took on his name and then uh, he adopted me and he wasn't the best father. He had a lot of shortcomings like I do as well, but he did the best he could, but yet he would let me down over and over and over again. But the God that we serve, who is in heaven, he doesn't Ever let us down There have been times in my life Let's just be honest Probably a year like this too I could tell you story after story on this Where I became disillusioned with him If I'm honest and transparent Very disillusioned with him I prayed this prayer You didn't answer it in the way It makes complete sense for you to answer it like this And he said Not gonna do it And it seemed like he was uninvolved Like he didn't pay attention Or he was just trying to do me wrong and yet the father that i know and i've come back to realize all these years later was that sometimes my the, my perception of who he is didn't line up to his true character and the fact that he knows he listen to me he knows what's best for you and your prayers because you pray them doesn't mean he's going to answer them just because you you think this is the best thing he knows what's best for you he's in heaven he is perfect he sees the past the present He sees the future. He sees a year down the road. He sees 10 years down the road for you. And no matter what is to come your way, you can trust in His sovereign will. He's a Father in heaven. He's perfect. Next phrase on there is, hallowed be your name. You ever use that word, hallowed? I don't ever, except in church, except for I'm in this building, or the Bible study or something like that. I just don't use it. And the, the word in Greek is hagios. And it just simply, in almost every case, it means holy. But it also means like separate. It means um, unique, different. And so you might use it. And there's a lot of places it's used. But like a hagios person would be separate uh, from other people. A hagios temple would be different than other buildings. The Sabbath would be considered a hagios day. It's unlike any other day of the week. And so when Jesus uses hagios here, he's saying it is holy. It is separate. It's unlike any other name in the world or has ever been in existence. God's name is hallowed. It's holy. It's righteous. And so how do we practically play that out? We're going to follow his pattern. How do I hallowed be your name? What does that mean in my life right now? And so I've got just a few things. He says, one commentator says this, one, you believe he exists, that he's all powerful. Two, you believe the things he's revealed about himself in his word. And three, this is a big one for me, you speak of him in a reverent manner. I love watching HGTV. you like that network. They turn a shack, in, you know, like in 30 minutes, they'll turn a shack into a palace. And you're like, what? It's amazing. And what do people, when they walk through there, when they come in to see the big reveal, the first thing almost always they say is, oh my, right? I'm going to tell you, as a Christ follower, it should pain us to hear that. And it does, it pains, not that I'm better, I'm not saying that, but it should pain us because it's not using his hallowed name in the right way. Some of us actually say, oh my God, sometimes. Not as a legalistic thing, but as a relationship with Jesus would demand this. Not even demand it, it just is a natural byproduct. I want to obey you, I want to serve you. And so your name's holy, it's righteous, it's set apart, it's different, it's hagios. So I'm going to treat his name with great respect and honor. And when I talk about my God, it's the God who gave his life for me. And I'm going to treat him with great honor and respect. I'm going to treat his word with respect. I'm going to depend on it because it came from the holy of holies. It's him. It's God. It's Almighty God who came and gave it to me. And so when we play this out of how does this work in our own lives to revere and hallow his name, his name is hallowed, it's, man, I'm going to treat it that way. I'm not going to speak of him in a way that's not reverent. And then four, the fourth thing is your behavior. Jesus says, and we've already covered this in Matthew 5, let your light shine before men. Let your light shine before him. Why? So that they'll glorify your Father in heaven. You're going to bring glory to his name by the way you live. And say, man, I love him so much. I'm going to hallow his name that my life looks different than everybody else's. Because I have such deep respect. And not just respect. I have such deep love for him. He asked me and says, you, you revere my name. Yes, Lord. I'm going to try to obey you and everything, and so my life will be a reflection of that. The last two things, he says, your kingdom come, and your will be done. Now, I'm up finishing up on this, okay? Sometimes we come and we look at God as some big, he's like a buddy. He's not a buddy. He's Almighty God, he's your father. And we read this scripture right here, your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus, the emphasis he puts on this is very specific in, in the way it's written. And it's not like your kingdom come, your will be done. It's like your kingdom come, your will be done. It's with great emphasis. like I did scream it out. It's almost like screaming the way it's written. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. This is no secret to any of us. You've been alive during the last few months. Our world, in the United States specifically, is a mess. Sin everywhere, division, selfishness everywhere. You're like, not just in politics. Everywhere, because we're sinful people. And it's rampant around the world. And so when I look at this and read this scripture, Jesus is saying, it's said with great emphasis, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's with great emphasis because there's going to come a day when he's going to make all things new. When all the things that have been ruined and destroyed, and the things that you know just aren't right just by looking at them, they're just not right. He's going to come and He's going to make all things new for you. Those relationships that have been destroyed. That the sin that you see, it's all going to be made new and restored. He is the restorer of lives. He's the restorer of everything. And when Jesus says, I'm going to give you the pattern of prayer, it's like you're praying and saying, God, you are holy and righteous and you are the one who's going to make all things new. And I need it now, God. We need it now. So when we go to God in prayer, we come not with eloquence, But we come with our hearts to say, God, everything around me, I see sin everywhere. I see it in my own life. Would you make all things new, God? Come in your power. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Not a flippant, not a casual. Come, Lord Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come. Make all things new. This past week, my son, we do devotions for each one of our kids. And um, we came across, it's a real short devotion, but it was on the Milky Way Galaxy. And um, man, it, space always just it just blows my mind sometimes. In this particular illustration here of the Milky Way galaxy, do you know how many stars there are? i have going to read this. Do you know how many stars there are in the Milky Way galaxy? We don't really have a real good picture from that far off because it's too far. Um, but there's a hundred billion stars in that galaxy, the one we reside. A hundred billion. Y'all know what a billion is, don't you? A hundred billion stars in our galaxy. Now, you see all those other ones up there? Those are all galaxies. They contain hundreds of billions of stars. A star just like our sun, a hundred billion of them just in ours. If you were to go across from one corner or from one edge to the other edge of the Milky Way galaxy, traveling at the speed of light, you know how fast light is? 186,000 miles a second. So travel the earth seven times in one second. That's how fast so to get across from one side to the other, it would take you a hundred million years, going the speed of light to get across that one galaxy, ours. Okay. Our God spoke that into existence. Let it be. Now, if you start thinking about all the numbers and how big this is, listen to me. Keep your eyes here. If you think about how. Vast it is and how small we are I mean it's like You know like the emoji that Your head explodes you know, so it's like beef stew Or something which is boiling That's what I, my head does when I start thinking About the numbers of this my mind Is blown y'all focus on me My mind is blown And the God who created all Of it spoke it into existence Our father spoke it into existence and that father He and I Have a relationship And you and him have a relationship. Now, that should blow your mind. That he would care about what goes on in your life this afternoon. That he cares about what goes on in your child's life. He cares about what's going on at work. He cares about what goes on in that relationship that you have. He cares about that neighbor across the street who doesn't know Christ. He cares about that guy in India who's next to me on the rickshaw who doesn't know Christ. He cares about all things. And he lives within you. And Jesus says, not if you pray, to our Father. It's when you pray. And you get, and I get, the great privilege of stepping into that relationship. And not with eloquence, but just saying, here's my heart. God, here's my heart. And when we do that, when I step into that, I may step in. And my legs and my arms may be flying everywhere. Like it was in the wind tunnel in the beginning. But when I stop focusing on my words and I start focusing on my heart and say, I want to know you, God. I want to know you. Then it becomes really easy. And I start floating around that prayer wind tunnel. And I say, I'm getting to know you. I get to know you, Jesus. I know the God who created that massive universe. He lives within me. He cares about every single thing in my life. Every detail of your life, He cares about. And so Jesus pattern in prayer it's not just some rote memory, some repetition. It's a guide, it's a pattern for me to follow. And to go, I serve our Father. He's my dad, is your dad, it's your dad. And he makes a difference in my life. And I'm going to his name. I'm going to respect it with great honor. And I'm going to pray that God let your kingdom come. This world's a mess. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Come, make all things new. Let me tell you something. God can do that in your heart today. He can make your heart new. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. When I say our Father, He's not your Father. Because you've never begun a relationship with Him this morning. It's very simple. One of us, several people in here could lead you in that. We'll be up here after the service. You come to Ryan or me. Pat's here. Heath's over there. In the land, you can Tons of people that can lead you in that. can introduce you and you could begin a relationship with our Father. But for the rest of us who do know Him... stop avoiding him and stop this one minute today. Let's step into that relationship without eloquence. And just go, here's my heart, God, knowing he's right there with us right now. And when you leave this afternoon, tomorrow, the next day, next week, next year, he says, I'll never leave. What a privilege it is to live in a relationship with almighty God. He's your father. Let's pray. God, we are... It is an understatement to say how grateful that we at least should be for the relationship that you've given us through Jesus. That you would take on our sins so that we can have a relationship and then be able to say that God Almighty is now our Father. We shouldn't ever gloss over that. God, thank you for the privilege, the absolute privilege it is to be called your son, to be called your daughter. God, we have avoided you. We've neglected time with you for some of us, Lord pray God this morning you would speak right now we just say no no more I'm going to see this pattern of prayer that Jesus has given we've just gone through the first part of it but I'm going to see it and and pursue our father in a way I've never pursued him Realize He's there with me watching over me caring about every single detail in my life Lord thank you for doing that Our, our earthly fathers could never do what you've done and yet you've done it perfectly we love you and thank you for that, God. I pray, God, for those in here, maybe, that may not know you as Lord and Savior. I pray, God, this morning, they would turn their lives over to you and they begin a relationship with you, Almighty God. And they would say, you're now our Father, together with us, Lord. We love you and pray it all in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the preaching of God's word at City Church Melissa. We meet Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. at 2300 Vineyard Hill Lane, and we look forward to seeing you there soon. City Church Melissa, for the glory of God and the good of the city.